Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm here with our special guest, Julia um, Melnico Incel. We're so glad to have her here. Um, Julia, how are you today? I am doing great, Jen. I'm so excited to keep talking about mediation after our webinar and our blog post and all the other ways it's been coming up lately. Absolutely. And of course, this is Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We are very grateful to um, have all of you as listeners and supporters. So Julia, mediation. All right. This is a new practice area for us. And one of the things that we're talking about today is post-investigation mediation. Obviously, there are a lot of different services that we offer in this area, but we want our listeners to really understand what comes up post-investigation and why they should be considering this collaborative mediation that we've been talking about so much. Right. And I think one of the things we really have to understand first to realize why mediation after investigation is so important is to kind of understand the role that we have in investigation and how that tends to affect our employees. So whether or not we are doing a third-party investigation, whether it's an outside um, investigator or an internal one, the reality is, is when we're performing an investigation for equal employment opportunity, discrimination, harassment kind of reasons or other reasons that might generate liability, we are coming from a place of fact-finding, but also credibility assessments. And also we're trying to find fault, right? So we're trying to find out, did someone do something wrong? Did someone put the company at risk? And in being that position, there can be a real adversarial feel to the entire investigation, right? You know, if HR is the investigator, sometimes there's a tension when the personnel who are conducting the investigation are trying to get information to make assessments and protect the company versus, you know, the employee's experience as part of the investigation, right? If you are a, a witness or if you are the complainant or if you're someone who's been accused, you're going to feel probably a little nervous, probably a little scared that you're going to get in trouble, that there's going to be a negative outcome for you. And you're going to have to respond to sometimes accusations, sometimes characterizations of your behavior or you know, you're going to have to make comments about someone's behavior that make you uncomfortable, right? So we're can, in an adversarial position, not only sometimes with HR, with the investigator and with the company, but among employees who may not have been even complaining in the first place. Sometimes an employee is just acting as a witness, but they have to say, you know, what they've observed, um, they may have to criticize someone. They may say something that has gotten a coworker in trouble. At the end of that, we're left with a lot of feelings and a lot of fact finding and results that might make people feel really upset. Well, and what's interesting is I think what a lot of people think about when they hear mediation mm -hmm. is an adversarial process. Right. So one of the things that we need to make clear here is it's not your traditional mediation where two sides that are suing each other want to resolve a lawsuit. So they go to a mediator or two people getting divorced 
are both angry and they need to settle something. They need to figure out how they're going to proceed. This is different, right? This is more about, okay, you did your investigation. You figured out who violated policy, if anybody. You figured out what happened. Now you want to solve the problem. Because I think a lot of people believe doing the investigation is solving the problem. But all that's doing is identifying the problem. It's not solving the problem. That's what the post-investigation mediation can do, right? Right. And I think, you know, again, when we finish an investigation, there may or may not be disciplinary action. There may or not be coaching. But where does that leave us with the relationships between the employees, especially if you've got, you know, relationships between managers and uh, their team among team members and they need to keep working together, even if they weren't the complainant, even if they weren't the person who um, was accused of something, there can still be a lot of tension there. And you mentioned divorce, and I actually think that's a really good comparison that we can make. So an adversarial situation in a divorce might be we are dividing up our assets, right? And we're going to say, you get the house, I get the cars, you get the 401k, I get this, and then we're done and boom, we never see each other again. Collaborative employee mediation is more like a custody dispute in the sense that what we're doing is we're saying, look, we have a large disagreement here. We are separating, but we still have to work together consistently. Maybe every single week we have to work together and we need to find a way to do this, right? So collaborative mediation can be a way of working together to develop, you know, maybe it's a charter of behavior. Maybe it's shared goals. Maybe it's just hearing each other with a facilitated sort of, uh, you know, situation where they can really listen without interruption. Um, maybe they need someone to help them dig a little bit deeper into understanding their feelings. But the idea is we're not reaching an end point. We're reaching a new way to work together. We're repairing that relationship so that both employees can remain with us and continue to work functionally. Well, you said something else, Julia, that I think people really need to focus on, which is if you do a workplace investigation, there's the person maybe who's considered the respondent, the accused, the person who may have made the complaint. If there's a complainant, remember, sometimes investigations are initiated by the employer of their own accord, right? There's no complaint. Then there are these witnesses. But there are also folks who are not interviewed as part of the investigation, but who know something is going on. They see the consequences. They see the fallout. They understand what's going on. We've got to make all of those people work together, right? We've got to find a way that everybody can pick up the pieces and be able to move forward. Not necessarily agreeing about the resolution of the investigation, but understanding that, listen, if we're going to work together, we've got to have a way of moving forward. And that is not easy. The word mediation is a relatively short, easy word, but it encompasses a lot, right? What are we talking about? What's the process? Well, the process can be different for different situations. It's actually a very flexible process in that regard. The, the number one thing is that it needs to be voluntary, right? The employees need to be committed to actually improving the situation. Now, if they think that 
failure. Failure to fix their relationship means that one or both of them will no longer be employees, then they, they may well be committed to doing it. But we do need them to kind of voluntarily agree to do it, right? But then beyond that, what it looks like is really going to depend on the situation. So some employees, they may have a lot of past resentment they need to work through. It may take them some time to really work through those feelings, figure out why they haven't moved on from them, um, you know, and they may or may not, you know, have a big come together moment where they say, you know what? I can work with you. I'm sorry about the past. Let's move on. Some folks, it's just a matter of, you know, they've got different communication styles, different personalities, things like that. It may always be a bit of a struggle for them to get along. That doesn't mean they can't work together. And mediation can take a lot of forms, right? We could spend eight hours in one day just hashing out all of the things that have hurt our feelings or caused a problem. But for some folks, what's really going to work for them is maybe just a couple hours on one occasion and then check-ins. Those check-ins might be once a month. They might be every six months. They might be annually. It's kind of like a moment where we can all sit down and make sure that we aren't building up those resentments again. So what it looks like is really going to depend on the situation and what's going to be effective for those particular employees and their personalities. Julia, can people do post-investigation mediation internally? Can an HR person do that, for example? Sure. I mean, if they're comfortable doing it, I think that's one thing to consider. I think there's a lot of different things to consider before someone in HR decides to do mediation. One is whether they're too close to the conflict. If the person in HR is the one who performed the investigation, I would say definitely not. Um, because there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings left over from the investigation. Rehashing the same thing from a different angle is, is probably not going to be super effective. If you were the person assessing their credibility the first time and you didn't necessarily buy some of their arguments or you disciplined them, right, they're not going to necessarily feel comfortable with you um, performing that, you know, a mediation just after finishing an investigation. So the other is how um, the person who'd be performing a mediation is going to be perceived as far as having an alignment with one or more of the parties. So for example, if you are new to a company and you're struggling to get along with, you know, uh, another department head, something like that, and that department head has been there for 20 years, and so has the HR director, right? You're not going to necessarily trust the HR director to not be aligned with the other department head. You're not going to really feel that they're unbiased. So that's something to consider. The other is the power dynamic, depending on who's involved, whether HR or someone within the organization is in the right position to have influence, but not necessarily too much power over them or too little. So for example, if we have two officers or two board members that aren't getting along, someone in HR may not have enough influence over those two officers to really be able to get them to be comfortable expressing their feelings, things like that. And finally, I think that comes to the, the ultimate point is, will the employees actually feel comfortable really expressing themselves sufficiently to come to a resolution with someone they know 
may be able to make decisions about their compensation, about their employment, about ending their employment, right? So a third-party neutral can be really handy in the sense that um, employees are more likely to be forthcoming. And you can't really mediate those more difficult feelings if the employees can't be forthcoming. So a lot of what we recommend is a voluntary, confidential, third-party mediation process where those employees can really explore what's been causing their the, the very basic part of their dispute, those personality clashes, those resentments, those sorts of things, get them all out on the table, facilitate a solution that the employees own, that they, they really try to develop themselves, and then can go back to work without feeling like, oh, I really overexposed myself to HR, or I said something I shouldn't have in the heat of the moment, and now I'm worried I'm going to get fired for what I said in mediation, right? And really quickly, uh, Julia, this mediation is not just for post-investigation, right? That's what we're focused on here in this, this particular podcast. But can you just quickly summarize for our listeners, when else might this neutral mediation or collaborative mediation come into play? I really think it's any time you have two really valuable employees that you want to keep that can't seem to get along. So a lot of the time that's going to be employees that have been with you a long time that you really care about, but maybe just keep struggling in certain interpersonal relationships. It might be two, um, you know, kind of high up managers that just have a different style, might be board members. It can be a lot of situations where you want them to be able to work together. You're not interested in firing somebody. You're not interested in having the tension continue uh, to create a toxic work environment, right? If it's affecting their teams, if it's affecting leadership's ability to get things done because you've got two people that are fighting all the time, anytime that's happening, that's going to be a great time for mediation. The reason we focus on it for the post-investigation situation is we know for a fact that there are a lot of hurt feelings. There are a lot of um, facts that probably came out during the investigation that are difficult to move on from. And those don't always come out in day-to-day -day interactions between employees. So a lot of the time that can really lead to a big rift among employees. And if you want people to get kind of back on track and be able to move forward, sometimes we need to air those out and explore those a little bit more outside of the context of the investigation. But it is a great tool for all different situations. Julia, thank you so much for joining us here today. This is such a great topic. Everyone, we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't forget to sign up for our 23rd annual legal update. You can go on our website to do that. We hope to see you there. Go out and do something nice for someone, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.